0: the volume No! It. Oh my god, how could he do that?
1: Buy you like, on to-
0: What? Charles Darwin.
2: The nerves is where it's at.
1: Welcome everybody back. Third sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brever, and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today we are going to be ranking our top 10 quarterbacks headed into the 2023 NFL season. Logan, I'll just let you get started. Who do you have in that 10 spot? At my number 10 spot, Carson, I have
2: Dak Prescott. And I know a lot of people are. Non-believers in Dak, they've been very critical. Uh, former NFL players like Plaxico Burris, LaShawn McCoy uh, during the offseason have said uh, they just flat out don't think Dak Prescott can be the quarterback that is going to lead the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl. They just don't think he's that guy. I am a believer in Dak, and I-, I know it's kind of a hard take, especially after last season. He leads the league in interceptions, and he misses five games. Uh traditionally not something you want to do as a uh, good quarterback but sure uh, I'm putting him above guys like Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson Uh, and he's not perfect right I I didn't really want to put anybody in this 10 spot I think everybody at this 10 spot and below is kind of in that game manager tier of quarterbacks they're not game-changing playmakers that I think can really drive winning these are guys that can manage games and can take good situations and lead you to victories that way. Um, Dak made a lot of bad decisions last season with those picks. He forces a lot of balls where he routinely should have checked stuff down uh, instead of forcing passes. He holds onto the ball a little too long. I think he needs to get better at getting rid of the football, but... I think we should cut Dak a little slack. He dealt with a broken thumb last season. Kellen Moore struggled last season calling plays, and he doesn't really have a ton of top-notch receiving talent outside of C.D. Lamb. The offensive line was injured and rebuilding, and historically, Dak has been super efficient. He's been a good decision-maker. He's good at reading defenses, and I really buy into Dak as a leader. Like I said, I don't think Dak Prescott is a put-you-over-the-top quarterback. I don't think he's a game-changer. And it sucks that the Cowboys are paying him like one, right, Carson? That's kind of the downside uh, of that big contract. You don't have money to allocate to other positions. I think it's, frankly, come back to bite the Cowboys in the ass a little bit. Like, the rest of their team has deteriorated a little bit because of that contract. So, it sucks in that regard, but I think Dak is a a top-tier game manager, and he's still someone I believe in that can manage you to victories and can win playoff games Uh, I'm I feel like I'm a little higher on the consensus than Dak I'm going to be surprised to see if you have him on your list but I'm I'm still a relative believer I know a lot of people don't buy into Dak
1: I have Dak in the 10 spot as well and I think it's tricky to argue that he doesn't belong here honestly because I think that Dak is a guy who is always going to be exceptionally scrutinized because he plays for the Dallas (laughs) Cowboys fundamentally and because they have been on the brink seemingly so many times over the last few years and just haven't had that one season where it all comes together. And Dak hasn't had that one sort of playoff moment. This was a legitimately down year for him. I think legitimate problems with accuracy and decision-making at times. You mentioned leading the league with 15 picks in 12 games. That was bad. However... I think compared to any other candidate for this spot, which I think Kirk Cousins is probably the most compelling, I still think that Dak is more of a legitimate creator. He's bigger, he's more physical, I think he's the better arm talent. And although this year was legitimate regression from him, I don't want to just discount the fact that this guy was remarkably productive over the previous 3 seasons. Like his pace over a 17 game season, 2019 through 2021, was 5,150 yards, 35 touchdowns, 11 and a half picks. So historically, he's not overly mistake prone. He can carry an offense to those real heights. And even this past year, we heard the Cooper Rush versus Dak debates, which were always so short sighted. The Cowboys were an elite offense with Dak, they put up 30 points per game. Without Dak, They were a bad offense, 21.4 points per game. And we've seen this pattern over the last few years. 2020, he gets hurt. They suddenly become a below average offense. They're a top five offense otherwise. Like, There's just no denying that he is a legitimately very good quarterback. I think his mistakes from this past year, I think the fact that he is not among the highest end athletes, out of the pocket creators, offense elevators keeps him from going much higher than this, but I do think he belongs in that top 10. For sure. And uh, you briefly touched on some of the
2: guys that barely missed off this list. I want to say the first guy off my list is Jared Goff. Second guy off is probably Kirk Cousins. And Mm. I know there's going to be some Kirk defenders uh, because of the numbers that he put up last season. Frankly, dude, I just kind of know what Kirk Cousins is at this point you know what I mean and I do agree with you I just think there's a higher ceiling that Dak can propel you to Kirk's in a really good situation too I just I don't know I don't buy into Kirk as a big game performer I kind of know what he is right now and I buy into Dak a little more but I want to do an exercise real quick because I know that a lot of people one of those guys off uh, many first lists is Russell Wilson And I frankly don't buy into Russell Wilson. I want to do a quick exercise, Carson. You tell me uh, where you come down on these guys. Would you rather have this QB or Russell Wilson? So I'd take Kirk over Russ. What about you? Yeah, I would agree. I'm taking Matthew Stafford as well. Uh, I'm I'm taking Dak. I'm taking Jared Goff. I'm taking Geno Smith, Tua, Derek Carr, and
1: Kenny Pickett, I think, over Russell Wilson. Do you think any of those are out of line? I think Kenny Pickett is pretty insane. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, I think you're pretty much in the clear. We'll give you a Steelers fan pass for that one. But I'm a big Russ guy. Like, I think his peak from that 2017 to 2020 range, you can argue he's a top three quarterback of that span. I think one of the more remarkable blends of efficiency, of being averse to mistakes, not turning the ball over, while also having this remarkable deep ball success and outside the pocket creation. And at that point, really elevating offenses that had good receiving personnel, but not great run games, not the best defenses in those years, and still just churning out 10 plus win teams. I think that version of Russ was amazing, and I'm higher on him than most probably. But I just think what we saw last year was a completely different guy. And I do get there being some hope for revitalization with Sean Payton. I don't want to discredit that. But I just think the regression for him athletically is very real. I thought he struggled as a decision maker last year. I just don't think he belongs in that top 10 conversation right now. I could see a path to him regaining that sort of respect. But you got to earn it. And he was bad last year.
2: Another guy who was really bad last year comes in at my number nine spot, Carson, and that's Deshaun Watson. Uh, Okay. Deshaun had a hard 2022 campaign. Uh, Three and three in six games played, just over 1,000 yards. He's 184 passing yards per game, seven TDs to five picks, 58% completion. And yeah, man, I mean, the entire season, Deshaun looked off. I kept waiting uh, all through the back half of this season for the Browns offense to kick into another gear with Deshaun. Again, I don't want to forget what he was doing in 2020 with Houston. Uh, led the league in passing yards, 33 TDs to seven picks, a consensus top five QB, great mm-hmm. athletic tools, improvisational ability, can create out of the pocket, can scramble. He wasn't there last season, and I'm going to chalk that up to uh, a rushed off offseason, uh, uh, obviously a lot of drama too, and him just not having a whole lot of time to really prepare with Cleveland. I think a full off season, a full training camp with the unit, I expect more from him, and he's in a great situation, too. That's a big part of this. Uh, He's got a great running game with one of the league's best backs. I think he's got a top three offensive line in football, a rock-solid number one receiver in Amari Cooper, still one of the best in the NFL. And so this is more of a projection. I I don't really see that route for Russell Wilson, Carson. The guy I saw last year was a shell of himself. I hope that we get the new Russ, but I didn't trust any of his decision-making, his awareness, the timing on everything. Russ was flat out bad. Deshaun was too, but I think he's in a great situation. And I've seen the talent. He's still young. I, I know that that guy, that ability is still in there. And so I think with a full offseason to prepare with this unit, uh, I think Deshaun's going to come back to uh, being a top 10
1: QB again this season. I think that this makes sense. Deshaun was unequivocally a top five quarterback before missing the 2021 season and a majority of this past season and that was the level that I expected him to return to he just really wasn't close to that and I thought totally looked out of sorts which hey makes sense when you are being thrown into a new situation more than halfway through the season in rough weather against some tougher defenses all of that certainly compounds to make this a really difficult situation for Deshaun to have re-entered, but I thought that he was inaccurate. I thought that mm-hmm. his timing was off. I thought that he was overly mistake prone. I just wasn't impressed at all by Deshaun Watson, and I understand this as a projection, but just based on what we've seen, I don't think he has a super strong claim to be in my top 10. I did think about him, of course, because of the ability and because I absolutely expect him to be better than last year, but I'm not going to put him there right now. I sort of have the polar opposite in some ways, that being Deshaun was the guy who had the utmost expectations, but who been out of the game for a bit and very much uh, fell below those expectations. I have Geno Smith in my nine spot, who is obviously like one of the Mm -hmm. great risers that we've seen at the position in recent years. I think Geno was legitimately very good, very consistently last year, and I don't really have reason to be skeptical of that going forward. He was number three in the league among starters in on-target percentage, and he had the lowest bad throw percentage in the NFL. Just an exceptionally accurate quarterback. Very good, quick decision maker with the underneath stuff, and he's not the most aggressive downfield out of all these guys but he was a great deep ball thrower maybe the most effective in the league last year i think 14 of his touchdowns came on deep balls obviously good receiving targets very good with tyler lockett and dk metcalf but his touch is phenomenal there and he really maintained accuracy downfield in a way that few guys do and then you have the fact that he is a legitimately good runner and play extender. I mean, over 350 yards on the ground, 5.4 yards per rushing attempt does have really pretty impressive mobility and can make those throws outside the pocket as well. So overall, if you just look at the skill set, the production, he was eighth in yards. He was fourth in touchdowns with relatively low turnover numbers through 11 picks while leading a top 10 offense in terms of points per play without having like exceptional personnel that's carrying him. I just thought Gino was really good. Again, he doesn't fall into that echelon of like, oh my God, what a brilliant playmaker he is, nor is he the sort of like infallible decision maker that could push him up higher than this. But I just think he was clearly better than Dak last year. And Dak has the previous three seasons that justify putting him in my 10 spot above a guy like Kirk, but Gino was better. I really like his skill set, and I expect him to continue to have a lot of success
2: yeah Gino was phenomenal last season I like the pick Gino would probably be uh at 12 or 13 for me right off the list and I do think this is uh no at Gino I do think we kind of took for granted the situation that Russell Wilson was in and we saw that uh in Denver with how much he struggled and I don't mean just the personnel Russ did have good receivers there but also the play calling like uh this has historically just always been a good unit at uh you know drawing up uh, scheming against teams and uh I think Geno really thrived in that situation. He damn sure didn't write back. And, uh, again, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have a whole lot of reason to think that Geno won't be great again next season. But I think that Deshaun's ceilings a little bit higher, and I can see him uh, exceeding expectations this year. Uh, one guy that really is a real playmaker, and I consider way higher on this list, Carson, uh, is Lamar Jackson. He comes in at my number eight spot. And I love Lamar Jackson. I love the way he plays football. Uh, I love his personality, even though I'm a Steelers fan. Lamar's a lot of fun to watch, dude. He's one of the most electric players in all of football. And the only reason that he isn't higher on this list is because of the injury concern. He hasn't finished either of the last two seasons. It's well-documented. He's missed 10 games over the past two years. And yes, it always is important to recognize when we bring up Lamar. Historically, his style of play has not consistently led to winning. That's being run first, and that's guys being injury-prone. Just fundamentally, you are running more, which means you are going to be hit more, uh, is not as sustainable. So I think that is a real concern that limits Lamar from being higher on this list. If he was, if health wasn't a concern, I think he'd be contending for a top-five spot. Lamar's electric. Uh, I think he's an underrated passer. I love him on short and intermediate passes. On passes 20 yards or more downfield, though, uh, he was 15 of 45 over the past two seasons. Lamar's not a great deep ball threat. But that being said, Lamar hasn't had a treasure trove of great you know wide-receiving talent around him. Mm-hmm. I think that changes this season for a few reasons. Uh, you have additional receiving weapons in Odell Beckham Jr. now and Zay Flowers. I think those guys are top-tier playmakers. Odell may be on the back half, but uh, I don't want to forget what he was when he was healthy. He was balling out with the Rams. Um, his wideouts, Carson, last season, he led the NFL in drop percentage. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to change. And then you have a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, uh, coming in here from Georgia. Munkin reportedly wants to make the offense more autonomous for Lamar, uh, having him make more decisions in the passing game and be a little more pass-first, which I think helps for Lamar long-term in terms of longevity, uh, but also just having more receiving talent on the field. This is a unit that likes to run multiple running back sets with tight ends on the field, too. This season, I expect more personnel with wideouts, uh, And just a scheme that benefits lamar's style of play a little more and hopefully that keeps him healthy like i said i love lamar i love his dual threat ability i think he's an underrated passer and if
1: injuries were not a concern uh lamar would be much higher on my list i have lamar at number eight as well and i think he's one of the toughest guys to rank here i considered him all the way up to number five injuries are a factor But very few people have done more with less than Lamar in recent years. You mentioned the personnel improving this offseason, but last year his leading wide receiver was Demarcus Robinson. Rashad Bateman hurt, obviously having lost Hollywood Brown. Like, it was probably the weakest core of wide receivers. Mark Andrews is obviously great in the NFL. You mentioned the highest drop percentage from his receivers of anybody. At the same time of anybody on this list, Lamar had the highest bad throw percentage, over 18%. And I do think that he is the weakest thrower of the football on this list. I don't think that he's a bad thrower of the football, but I think the inaccuracies, the turnovers that we've seen these last couple years, the inability, as you mentioned, to be as consistent of a high level downfield threat, those can be limiting factors. Nevertheless, like he completely changes the dynamic of the Ravens offense as much as anybody in the NFL because of the fact that he is the best running weapon that we've ever seen from the quarterback position. And this past year, it's not the Ravens were a great offense with him. They averaged 23.8 points per game, but without him, they averaged 13 points per game. And since he came in as the starter... They're among the league's best offenses when he starts 27.4 points per game and just absolutely abysmal without him, 17.2 points per game. So all of those things suggest that he should be higher. His dynamism as a runner, what that does opening up some of the easier, more efficient passes for him and can empower him to have these great passing performances. But I do still think questions about him as a high-end thrower compared to these other guys and in playoff settings, are real. His playoff career is 56% completion, three touchdowns to five picks, a one and 3 record. And I don't want to overreact to such a small sample size, but I do think that that is representative of being in those situations where you need to be able to win in multiple ways and you can't just impose your will on people because you're playing against other great teams and it's that do-or-die situation. And... Lamar has struggled more than some of the other guys on this list, including, for example, another great running quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who I think has certainly separated himself, even though he has so much more help, which can be the tough thing to totally account for in these lists, from Lamar. I just have more faith in his abilities there. So this is tough. This, as low as I'm comfortable going with Lamar, I think anything lower than this, you're just really disrespecting his value as a one-man offense and as a historically great runner but i am gonna have him down at number eight yeah and he
2: has legitimately been stifled in the playoffs against you know dominant rushing defenses that's been a theme consistently through his playoff career i think that's another great point uh one of the greatest playoff performers of all time slots in at my number seven spot uh and that's aaron Rodgers. now I think Rodgers has taken a major step back Uh, from back-to-back MVP seasons to last season under 4,000 yards, 26 TDs. He had 12 picks. That's his first double-digit interception season since 2010. And uh, I noted this throughout the season. I updated it almost week by week. He was the only quarterback that started in every game that didn't have a 300-yard passing game. I think that's noteworthy. Now, I do want to preface that with a caveat, too. The Packers are a very run-heavy offense, so... You know, his running backs are just getting more touches, but uh, he also dealt with a broken thumb. I think that's important to note in week five. Rest of the season dealt with that. And, you know, he lost his two best receiving weapons from the years previous in Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling. I think those are all valid asterisks to put on that. He's still insanely efficient, he's still really accurate, but. Like I said, I think he's lost a bit of a step. He throws a lot of balls away. He's not as big of a risk taker as he once was. And his arm Mm -hmm. and mobility have taken a slight dip. Last season, he just wasn't the same dynamic, crafty, crazy playmaking savior that we've come to see, right? That's what made Rodgers great. The cannon, the throwing on the run, the ability to throw under pressure, to roll out, to extend plays, to, that. oh, fuck it. You know, I'm I'm slinging it. Uh, The play's dead, but I'm going to make something happen. That's what Rodgers was great at. The good news is, Carson, is I don't think he has to be that guy in New York. I, I love mm-hmm. the situation that he has surrounded himself with. Uh, this is the number 4 ranked defense last season. They held opponents to 20 points or less in 11 of their 17 games. You have a great running game with three dynamic backs. Uh, I love Brees Hall. I think he could be uh, one of the best running backs in football next season if he stays healthy, but I like Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight, too. Uh, you got a good receiving course here uh, with uh, Garrett Wilson. And he's back with his old offensive coordinator, in Nathaniel Hackett. I think this is a really good situation. Uh, I do think it's important to account, though. He's getting a lo- little up there in age. This isn't a Kellerman cliff take. I'm not saying that Rodgers has nosedived into uh, Peyton or Breeze uh, arm territory here. But I, I don't think Rodgers is the same kind of gunslinging, big-time playmaking, life-saving QB that he once was. But I think the Jets are primed for success. All they needed last season was was a competent quarterback, somebody to steer the ship. They couldn't even get that out of Wilson, out of Mike White, out of Joe Flacco.
1: Aaron Rodgers is, you know, so far above all of those guys. Yeah, I have Aaron Rodgers at seven as well. And honestly, it's interesting that we agree (laughs) on him and Lamar because I feel like those were two of the tougher guys to rank. Mm -hmm. The thing with Rodgers is that I just have so much faith in him. Now, obviously not the kind of faith that I used to, and I certainly don't think he's the player that he was even in 2020 and 2021 when he won back-to-back MVPs, but situationally when it comes down to making the right reads and making those sort of short to intermediate throws, I just still think he's Aaron Rodgers, and that really is what made him so great in those two mvp seasons like yes there was still some of the dynamic playmaking but not compared to his earlier years it was just flawless decision making and accuracy and execution in the key situations and this year he was not as good in those categories obviously didn't have Devonte, didn't have the sort of high-end number one receiving option that he's used to and i think struggled accordingly but was far more turnover-prone than usual, and yeah, you have a couple deflections in there and whatnot, but I thought some spots where he forced the issue and maybe didn't quite have the arm talent that he used to, where he could make up for a so-so decision, didn't have success deep downfield, and was just a less dynamic creator than not only the Aaron Rodgers were used to, but certainly than everybody I have above him on this list, than a guy like Lamar, so... Because of that, I can't quite put him higher than this. The results were just pretty average. The Packers' offense as a team, they were 15th in points per drive, 11th in yards per drive. Really pretty middle-of-the-pack production from Rodgers all around. But I am with you. I like the Jets' situation a lot more. I don't think that he is in any way shot. Like, we're not looking (laughs) at the last year or two of Drew Brees Mm -hmm. here where... The guy cannot throw the ball downfield. Rogers just isn't as good at those things as he used to be and maybe not as good as the other guys who we see in this top seven range with him, but because of his mind, because of his accuracy, because of these things that have made him so great for so long, I do think he will have a certainly better year than last year in a better situation.
2: Yeah, and one of the most shocking things I thought with Rodgers last season, Carson, was late game execution. Right, that's a, a staple of Rodgers. Is that in these close games he was able to close the gap and force the issue and take the Packers over the hump in the red zone and finishing drives and finishing games. Uh, the Packers struggled in that regard a little bit, um, and that's another that's another big issue of where I think Rodgers has regressed a little bit. Uh, a guy that is progressing and is on a complete ascent uh is trevor lawrence and he's gonna come in at my number six spot are we just are we going are we going shot for shot right here
1: dude i thought there was no chance the five through eight range we would have the same just because i debated so many different variations but it's looking like we're gonna go stride for stride and we always i feel like we. this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ
1: Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Always, anytime we do this list, we differ so much on QBs. This is, this yeah. is actually surprising. Um, we have to talk about Trevor Lawrence's leap uh, when discussing him. He had a passer rating of 71.9 in 2021 to 95.2 uh, in 2022. Carson, fun fact, it's the largest increase in NFL history for any quarterback who threw at least 400 attempts Uh, in each of their first two seasons that's pro uh, pro football talk it's the largest individual passer rating increase uh, period since Terry Bradshaw in his first the second season it's a massive leap and one of the biggest things is how pinpoint accurate uh, Lawrence is he's great throwing to the sidelines uh, courtesy of PFF he was highest graded of any quarterback on out routes last season And It's just on full display what we saw at Clemson, what we all thought was translatable as as great of a prospect as Lawrence was. He's got insane football IQ. He's got a great feel for the game. He's got great feet. He moves tremendously around in the pocket. He's really fluid. He's great at evading pressure, great at throwing balls on the run and keeping his head up, still reading the field while moving. Uh, and obviously competed, uh, completed one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen in these playoffs. From down 27-0 to come back and win that game. What a high note to, uh, to finish the season on for Jacksonville. And I think a key component of this, he's doing this without a great receiving core. You've got Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones. Like, these are good receivers. I don't want to completely disrespect them, but it's not like he's got super top-notch talent. This is Trevor Lawrence putting the offense on his back. And, again, uh, this group led the NFL in drops last season with 40. He had the third-highest drop percentage of any QB in the NFL. So, I think Trevor Lawrence is primed to get even better. I just have such confidence in his well-rounded play and being one of the transcendent playmakers in the NFL. It's tough. Like, Carson, the quarterback talent in the NFL today is unreal. But there is a path uh, for Trevor Lawrence. This team is ascending. He is ascending. I think there's a a world where he uh, cracks top five, maybe – uh, with a you know massive season, maybe top three, something like that. I- I'm really, really confident uh, in Trevor Lawrence
1: becoming one of the best quarterbacks in all the football, which he already is, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think that he has stamped himself in that category, doing what he did on that playoff stage, just demonstrating the level of thrower that he is capable of reaching. I have T. Lot six as well. And this is another guy who, as you mentioned, is not getting a lot of help. Lamar had the highest drop percentage from his receivers in the NFL, but next highest of anybody on this list is Trevor Lawrence. And he doesn't have that sort of clear go to number one, hasn't had that. Christian Kirk is very good, but not in the upper echelons of the number one receiver ranks. I do think adding Calvin Ridley will be really good though. Like this could be a strong receiving core next year. And with that sort of supporting talent, Lawrence might be able to take another leap this year. He's just a special talent. And it's so fascinating, the archetype of these, like, 6'5", 6'6", highly mobile, strong-arm QBs that we've seen in the last few years with Herbert and Allen and Lawrence. And although I think he's Mm -hmm. probably third out of those guys in terms of, like, arm strength, right? I think that the velocity and the distance that... Al and Herbert can throw with effortlessly. They have an edge on Lawrence. But I do think he's probably the best pocket mover of the bunch, and I think is an incredibly intelligent quarterback for being so young. He was a little bit mistake prone this past year, particularly with the fumbles. 17 total turnovers in the regular season. Nine of those were fumbles. And then he did throw the five picks in the two playoff games. But again, you're getting spectacular playmaking to make up for that with his ability to throw on the run and just a special talent, a guy who can also really make plays with his feet. Five touchdowns on the ground this past season led the number seven offense in yards per drive when they did not have that kind of talent around him. I think that if we are looking at how guys performed last season, Lawrence clearly belongs here. Like, if you want to make the, hey, I just have more faith in Aaron Rodgers in a better situation argument, I would hear that out. What I will not hear out is that Aaron Rodgers was better than Trevor Lawrence last year because I just don't think that he was. And for a second-year guy to be that good is really a rarity, is remarkably impressive. I do think he keeps getting better. And in terms of ceiling, yeah, I like him even more than this. And I think, no question, he'll be a top-five quarterback in this league for a long time. Dude, I completely agree. And I also think that this is the year that
2: we can kind of see Jacksonville maybe take over as the king of the AFC South legitimately. Uh, this division's wide open. Oh, what a noble title well, that is. Oh, no, so being the dude,
1: king of Moldova.
2: Yeah. Uh, they <laughs> So many years, the winner, 8-8, 7-9. But uh, every other team's kind of falling off a little bit. The Colts are rebuilding. The Texans are clearly rebuilding. The Titans are middling. Uh I just think the Jaguars are going to be a consistent playoff contender year in, year out, and they're going to be let out by T-Law. Another team that uh, is stamped and I think has found their leader. Let's see. Carson, can we get it? Give me yeah, Jalen Hurts. It's going to be the same. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I do think there's something important to mention uh, when we bring up Jalen Hurts, and that is the situation that he is in. It is a great situation for any quarterback. you got the best offensive line in football. You've got arguably the best defense in football, and I absolutely love what the Eagles did in the draft this year. They crush it. I'm so jealous. Philadelphia is going to be so nasty for so many years to come. Uh, They've got great wide-receiving talent. A.J. Brown, one of the best in the league. Devontae Smith, one of my favorites in the NFL. But Jalen Hurts is a flat-out great quarterback, and I don't know. I think he has to be top five. I don't know how you can have any other opinion after this last season. He played a near-perfect game in the Super Bowl again if Patrick Mahomes is just not Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts is a Super Bowl champion Carson I was eating lunch uh, with one of my friends earlier and he goes well you know Jalen Hurts won the Super Bowl and I was like well no uh, (laughs) Patrick Mahomes kind of took it in the end but I can see how you thought that right Hurts had that crazy drive at the end of the game it looked like Philadelphia was going to take it Hurts balled out on the biggest stage and that's a massive thing he was also super successful super efficient during the regular season Carson, he's one of four quarterbacks in NFL history with 20 passing TDs and 10 rushing TDs in a single season. He's the only quarterback, this is such an ESPN stat, but I love it. The only quarterback Mm -hmm. in NFL history with 3,000 passing yards, 700 rushing yards, and 20 passing TDs and 10 rushing TDs. Uh, Hertz is super efficient. He's a great decision maker. Uh, The dual threat ability is there. He's a great leader. And like I said, he proved himself on the biggest stage that is legitimately even though the Eagles lost that is one of the best games I've ever seen played by a quarterback in the Super Bowl Hertz had that game won if their defense holds up you know they're Super Bowl champions Hurts really stamped himself this last season he is in a great situation that is what made this hard to rank but Hertz is a legitimate he's, he's a bona fide baller and uh I don't know. We've been we've been we bought in last year too, man. I'm I'm glad to see Hertz ascend. I didn't know he had this level in him. I thought Hertz could maybe be top ten. Uh, I know we bought in a little higher than consensus. Some people were talking about Hertz being replaced after last season. Uh, excuse me, the season previous. Uh, I don't know if Hertz can climb any higher. The top four is just so damn good. But mm-hmm. uh, he was great last season. One of the best. Uh, just
1: complete quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I have Hurts at number five, too. And I really did have to ponder here if this is overly rewarding situation because Jalen Hurts is in the best situation in the NFL. I really don't think that there's a question about that. And compared to Lawrence and Rodgers and Lamar, all dudes who, to varying extents, it feels like, are sort of having to overcome their situation and create so much, Hurts is really in a completely optimized situation. That being said, he was phenomenal, I think what he did as a thrower in the Super Bowl cements his status here. Overall last year, 35 total touchdowns to just 9 turnovers, phenomenal. Created over 291 total yards per game, led a top 3 offense in terms of points per drive and really did show it all. He was among the best deep ball throwers in the league and does have the touch and the accuracy there is obviously capable of extending plays with his feet is one of the best short yardage weapons in the Mm -hmm. league. We all know about the entire Eagles line pushing him on those QB sneaks, but like just exceptional strength at the quarterback position and obviously elite speed, not in the Lamar Fields tier, but a tier above like a Josh Allen. And so, That ability to be a dominant force on the ground and a top 10 thrower of the football is just really special. While avoiding mistakes, I get it. He is very privileged to have the best O-line in the league and like up there for the best receiving core and a dominant rushing attack alongside him, although he is an important part of that. All of it is true, but the dude did his job basically flawlessly last year so i agree the top four i think are better talents are guys who can do even more with less than hertz but i think he's earned this five spot and we'll see if a guy like lawrence or rogers both of whom are going to be in better situations this year can surpass him but hertz was the best of that bunch last year super efficient didn't make mistakes dynamic creator showed up on the biggest stage in the sport I just don't know what more you could have asked of him and so I'm going to give him his flowers in the top five yeah uh, as we mentioned you know Hurts in one of the best situations in the league one of the guys that
2: that I think has been successful uh, in spite of his situation for a while is Justin Herbert and he comes in at number four on my list Uh, we have to mention Herbert's historic start to his career it's one of the greatest of all time 14,089 yards that's the most in a QB's first three seasons 94 touchdowns that's the second most in NFL history behind Dan Marino uh, courtesy of PFF uh, he was highest graded quarterback on corner and hitch routes this season um, and I think last season his scheme uh, limited him a little bit you know I think he was encouraged to protect the ball a little more instead of just slinging it um, but I think this season that should be a little different. I, I know Herbert could get a little reckless with the ball, but I don't think you want to handcuff uh, Herbert. To, I don't know, man. You got to you got to let the Bronco be a little wild, man. You got to let him. Mm-hmm. You got to let him do his thing. You got to let him make big plays. I think Herbert's that kind of big time playmaker. And I know everybody criticizes Herbert because he hasn't won anything, but. Like I said, I don't think this is a great quarterback situation. I think he's dragging this team to being competitive. Doesn't have a great running game to set up play action. Last season, they were the 30th rushing offense, 28th in run block win rate. I mean, every time the Chargers went back uh, for for a rush, it was stifled. It was dead on arrival. You didn't need to bite on the play action. It just stunk. Uh, they don't have a great offensive line. He was pressured the third most times of any quarterback last season. He was hit the second most. He was hurried the second most. This team was 23rd in pass block win rate. He doesn't have elite receiving talent, uh, notably not a lot of fast guys. I think their fastest guys are at a 4-6, and he doesn't have a great defense. They were 21st last season. Like, I think for this team to be 500 consistently is a testament to how great Herbert has been. Um And I'm just waiting for it to come together. It's tough because this is one of the toughest divisions in football. I think the Raiders are going to be competitive uh, next season. I think the Broncos are going to be competitive next season. They obviously have to deal with the Chiefs. So it's going to be hard cracking the playoffs and getting into a wild card spot at the least. That being said, Herbert is just one of the – like you mentioned about Lawrence, like these freak athletes who are huge, 6'5 guys, dynamic, can roll out of the pocket, can make big plays, can – can evade pressure, can extend stuff, and who make good decisions. Uh, again, I, I don't think this is a great quarterback situation. For Justin Herbert to be doing this here, uh, is, it's really impressive. And I think Herbert has earned uh, his spot in the top five. I know some people who even say Herbert is second for them. You know, it, People are very high on Herbert. I, I'm not ready to do that yet. I need to see some playoff success. I want to see him get
1: the job done on a bigger stage. But I think Herbert has earned top five status. I think he is firmly in the top four. I think there is still some separation between him and hurts. And again, there's just totally different levels of supporting talent and optimization of what these guys are capable of between these two. And I understand that the cliche is that nothing is ever Justin Herbert's fault, even as <laughs> they've been a relatively middling team these past couple of years. But <laughs> there is obviously some truth to that. Like, he just does not have the sort of schematic support or has not hopefully Kellen Moore can bring some of that because every complaint about the Charger scheme last year was basically passivity and just having these sort of generic short route combinations that are not uh, overly creative and that are not going to unlock Herbert ceiling as this generational arm talent. If there's one thing... You can't criticize the Cowboys for last year. It was aggression. I mean, Dak was certainly aggressive trying to move the ball downfield. And that was really probably his biggest problem leading to those turnovers. So I think that will push things in the right direction for this Chargers offense. But yeah, Herbert is a phenomenal talent. And I think as a pure arm talent, you could argue is better than like a Josh Allen. I just think his placement is excellent, his velocity, the variety of throws that he can make inside or outside the pocket. The dude is phenomenal, and of course, he does have that capability as a runner. It's not quite at the level of even like a Trevor Lawrence, but it's not too far behind that. It's something that he has in his bag at the very least, and he just consistently elevates these offenses even in really... Poor situations overall with an inept running game and a coaching staff that isn't going to get the best out of him and receiving weapons that are very meh in terms of their dynamism. I have Herbert at four as well. I think even if this was a bit of a down year, he made fewer mistakes. I think that that comes in turn with a more conservative approach overall. But his second year was historic production, over 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. And that's the sort of stuff that I think we can pretty routinely expect from him. I mean, even if this receiving core were healthier, uh, that's Mm -hmm. the other factor is he's without his top weapons who aren't top weapons that compare to (laughs) those of the other guys on this list. I'm a big believer in Herbert. I understand that he went out very ugly and Lawrence totally outdueled him, but I don't think that makes up for the overall body of work that Herbert has so I have him at number four as well I don't put that all on
2: Justin Herbert Uh, anytime you blow a lead that massive it's embarrassing I think that obviously if they execute better on third downs and they get a Mm -hmm. few more first downs they close that game out but I also think it has to do with the ineptitude of the running game right you can't play that style of football the you know Packers style the Steelers style we're gonna get the lead not what the Steelers are doing now the Steelers are mostly losing in games and then having to come back and win but Teams that can run that clock, uh, run the run the ball, kill the clock, win games like that. The Chargers just can't. They just fundamentally can't because their running game stinks. Uh, another team that whose running game kind of stinks. This guy's kind of the entire running game for them. I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested if we flip here, Carson. That number three, I have Josh Allen, and this was my toughest distinction: whether to go with Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. And I think Josh Allen has uh, two distinct advantages. Over Burrow, that's I think he has a bigger arm, not more accurate. I think Burrow might be the most accurate deep ball thrower in the mm-hmm. league. Uh, Allen is so dominant as a dual threat running back, right? His two way ability to Burrow doesn't even compare. Uh, he has 38 rushing touchdowns, that's the fourth most by a QB in NFL history. Uh, 3,087 rushing yards, already 13th most by a QB in NFL history. He's an elite red zone threat. Like that is invaluable to a team's offense. That. If something breaks down, if you want to just turn to it and give Allen the ball in the red zone, he can churn out uh, easy offense. I mean, he's arguably the greatest red zone threat from a quarterback that we've seen since Cam Newton. That's rarefied air. Uh, He's got the most combined passing and rushing TDs by a quarterback in NFL history through five seasons. Josh Allen is that guy. And I prefer Allen's ability to burrows in terms of evading pressure, of buying time, of extending plays. With that extension, with that gunslinger mentality that Allen has, comes the turnovers. Uh, PFF last season, uh, he had the most turnover-worthy plays, and that's kind of the one big knock on Allen is he can get a little buck wild, he can get a little nasty, he can try to force the issue, he can try to do a little too much. That's the one thing that I'll hold against him, man. Head-to-head, Burrow kind of
1: spanked him. You
2: know, the the conditions weren't great in that game, it was snowing. I mean, it, no. he lost. Like The I'm, Cincinnati I'm Bengals
1: spanked the Buffalo Bills, Logan. Yeah. It was not yeah. a matter of quarterback play. Burrow outplayed him in one game, but not by the extent where it's like, oh my God, that was just a massacre at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball.
2: Yeah, and it was, like I said, those conditions in that game were pretty miserable. Um, it's going to be tough for any quarterback to succeed there. This was the toughest decision I had to make on my list. I've been a big Josh Allen guy for years. I've said for a while that I thought he was, I think he is tier one, but I said he was 1B to Mahomes. Uh, I just think that Mahomes and Burrow are a little more efficient and take care of, they, they take care of the ball a little more than Allen, and that's the big distinction that I'm going to make. But Allen is one of the greatest red zone and dual threat
1: QBs uh, in NFL history, and that is uh, a testament to him. I pretty strongly disagree with Burrow over Allen. I think Joe Burrow is great. I think that Josh Allen is one of the all-time great one-man offenses and I think is second only to Patrick Mahomes in that respect in today's NFL. He contributed over 315 total yards per game of offense last year and 43 total touchdowns and that's the level that he's been at these past three years. The Bills had the best third down offense in football. That is 100% because he is, in my opinion, the best short down rushing weapon in the league. Short yardage, I should say. I think he's even better than Jalen Hurts considering the massive gap in line play. He is bigger. He is even more physical than a guy like Hurts. He is just unstoppable in those situations. And he led the Bills to be the number two offense in yards and points per drive. And by the way, This is the third straight year that he has led a top three scoring offense with a pretty clearly below average line with fine weapons. Diggs is a great number one. Outside of that, Gabe Davis is inconsistent. Dropped a lot of balls this past year. Dawson Knox is fine as a tight end. The running game outside of Josh remains completely unremarkable. James Cook showed some promise, but is not the kind of guy who they relied on heavily whatsoever. He didn't even lead them in carries in terms of running backs. Like Josh is their best running back and has been for three years, while he's also leading the league in intended air yards because he does have to do so much to carry this offense. And yes, he's aggressive downfield, and sometimes he makes more mistakes, but he also creates more dynamic plays than anybody other than Patrick Mahomes. While he's dealing with these middling weapons, his receivers were tied for 32nd in yards after catch per completion. So he is the reason, like singularly, that you are consistently seeing the Bills turn out elite, elite offenses, better than Joe Burrows, despite the fact that Burrow has the best receiving core in football and has a significantly better running game support alongside him. And then Josh's playoff resume is just exceptional. Like, I understand that he finally had one letdown this year, but his, how many, four playoff games before that were all effectively perfection. His playoff career is 17 passing touchdowns to four picks, 292 yards per game, 100 passer rating. I just think the only argument against him is the turnovers, which I will concede 14 picks last year and six fumbles lost. That's too many. He does have a tendency to force the issue and try to play hero ball. And I think that that was a bit more pronounced this year. And he at times doesn't have the best awareness when it comes to those rushing situations. And he can cough the ball up. But I just think only Mahomes is comparable to him in terms of that one-man offense. Josh Allen is a top four thrower of the football and is the and is a, a top four running quarterback and is the best running back for one of the most effective rushing offenses in the league this year, which is what the Bills were, which is crazy because they don't have good running backs whatsoever. I just, I think his creation makes up for any gaps in some of the mistakes that you get. And I really couldn't care less about the head head with Joe Burrow. Like that, that means truly nothing to me. It was just a football team that was on a completely different level from the other. That was not about quarterback play. So I think Burrow's great. I still think Josh is clearly better. I think he is getting pretty significantly underrated. Because of one game that really wasn't about him, and I think he's going to go out there and produce over five thousand yards of total offense and forty something touchdowns again, and lead another top three offense, even with a mess supporting cast, because that's just what he does, and it's what he's made look routine for the last three years.
2: That's really fair. Uh, I'll give a few more edges to Burrow. I think you know Burrow's the most accurate QB in NFL history. He's got the highest completion percentage. Ever. NFL history. Uh, in NFL history. Well, uh, he's a,
1: completion percentage doesn't just make you the most accurate in NFL history. Do you personally believe that? I think Joe is one of the most accurate in NFL history. Okay. I put him one there of with these like is different from
2: i I'd put him up there. I, I I think he's got the highest grade on in-routes and go routes. He's a great deep ball thrower. Um I just love Burrow's poise, his control, his swagger is cool he really reminds me of like a joe montana in terms of how collected he is for the big moment he never seems like he's out of control it's really i don't want to get hyperbolic here but we've seen it enough times it feels almost brady like to me montana like the essence the i'm i'm in control of this i'm gonna do what it takes to get the job done he is super accurate and i would compare him to montana and breeze in accuracy regards in control and i think burrow is one of the smartest quarterbacks i've ever seen that's another edge that i'll give to him over allen whether this is a byproduct of the offensive coordinator of zach taylor of them all coming together and out scheming teams but burrow's also great at the line of scrimmage and diagnosing stuff and changing stuff on the fly and reading defenses i think burrow is one of the greatest i've ever seen in all those regards and so i don't want to undersell him allen clearly takes the cake as a red zone threat uh, as a two-way threat but I think Burrow is one of the best I've seen in clutch moments. One of the most accurate guys I've ever seen, and he's just—he's super freaking smart, man. Um, he's super accurate. He's got a great arm. I just—I think Joe Burrow has
1: has advantages in those areas over Josh Allen. I think Burrow is the most accurate quarterback in football today. I think he's fantastic. He was number two in terms of on-target throw percentage of all starters. I think he has excellent timing. I think he has phenomenal touch and placement. I think he unequivocally makes great decisions, and he does have legit mobility, certainly not in the tier of what we see from the Allens and Mahomes of the world, but like, that is a, a legitimate positive trait of his. But I just don't think his composure and his accuracy makes up for the ability to carry you in all facets that Josh Allen does have. And all I'm saying, man, is if you gave Josh Allen, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase, I don't know that this is a conversation. I really don't. I just think that that is such a luxury. And I also think that the gap in mistake proneness is a bit overstated. Like, clearly, I think Josh is a bit more of a wild man. And I do think that Burrow has the advantage there. At the same time, over the last two years, their interception percentage is identical. Now, Burrow's went down this year, but people would have said the same thing two years ago about, oh my God, Josh is so wild and Burrow is so composed and Burrow threw, or and Josh threw one more interception that season and burrow has the higher interception percentage in their playoff careers it's an advantage of his but i think josh gets some unfair treatment in the categorization of him as some sort of turnover machine so burrow's great i just would rather have josh allen man and honestly i'm surprised that you wouldn't too because you've Gone out there and said, push comes to shove. Give me Allen over Mahomes in the past. <laughs> and now you want Joe Breezy? Joe Scheisty, Joe Cool? I'm I'm on Joe. Yeah, Joe man. I bro. like Joe. I, I love him, too. I think he's great. I just think Josh Allen's better. Dude, I mean, Joe
2: just has this. I- I'm telling you, Carson, I don't mean this as like an exaggeration. When he goes to the line of scrimmage, I feel like I'm watching Peyton. I feel like I'm watching Brady. Burrow gives me that same... composure, it's different. It really is different, man. I I think that highly of Joe. And like I said, this is not an easy decision, man. I I think it's neck and neck with these two guys fighting for the two spot. And I would love to have either of them. But obviously, at number one, the best quarterback in the NFL next season is going to be Kenny Pickett. He's worked so hard this offseason. His small hands don't matter. No, they grew. Uh,
1: Logan, they tripled in
2: size. Yeah, they're actually Kawhi's size now. And because of that, he's going to throw 40 touchdowns. Uh, I am very high on Kenny Pickett. Obviously, number one is Patrick Mahomes, dude. I don't really know what else to say about this uh, young man. He was made in a lab. Uh, You know that scene in Spider-Man when, like, the Green Goblin goes in the tank? That's how Pat got his powers. They zapped him, and he became the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I saw this post by PFF Carson. It cracked me up, dude, and it was like building the perfect quarterback. And it put all these different quarterbacks and players together, and Pat wasn't one of them. And I'm like, guys we already have him he plays his name is patrick mahomes he is the perfect quarterback he can make every throw from every angle he's the highest graded on post routes he's so great improvising out of the pocket making throws on the run he's got the highest passer rating in league history pat's the goat man and uh I really like his mentality too. Uh, in the show Quarterback uh, on Netflix too, you get a behind-the-scenes look at the lives of Kirk Cousins, of Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes is also included. They're mic'd up. You get uh you know behind-the-scenes looks at them in the locker room. I like Pat in the locker room, dude. I didn't realize what a I don't know what a dog Pat is. I don't know. Pat comes across a, a type of way in the media, kind of a little calmer. Pat's uh, Pat, Pat's got some dog in him, and it's cool to see behind the scenes. Um, yeah. I don't know how you can have anybody else here at this point. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback I ever watched, and uh, I'm ready to suffer through another ten Super Bowls of him. So uh, well, let's enjoy him getting another
1: ring this year, right, Carson? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Pat's clearly number one. I agree; he's achieved the highest peak at the quarterback position, in my opinion, ever. And. It's just in every single respect, dude, like his decision making is great. People will try to hold that against him as the one thing, but he is historically turnover averse. I mean, what is he like fourth all time in interception percentage? Like he really doesn't turn the ball over for the volume that he is throwing at and is churning out historically great offenses like it's nothing and is maybe the best pure arm talent that we've ever seen while being the best improviser that we've ever seen and being this fast and physical runner like there's just one patrick mahomes man and there may only ever be one patrick mahomes there is no question there is no doubt he's the best quarterback in football anybody else you want to shout out i know that you gave a bit of a spiel on some of the toughest cuts early on anybody who you want to go into any more depth with i i do like I like Jared Goff a lot, too. I know a lot of people
2: attributed his success to offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. I think he deserves a lot of credit uh, for that, but I, I really like Jared Goff, and I think that I think he's going to continue to get better next season. He is in a good situation. They had a great running game last year, but mm-hmm. uh, Goff throws a really pretty ball, and I think he's gotten a lot better in terms of decision-making, of operating in the pocket. Uh, I, I think Goff is still kind of uh, underrated, in my opinion, and I do think Kenny Pickett is going to solidify himself as at least a – top half of the league starter this season. He's not going to be top 10 or anything, but I mm-hmm. think he's going to be above average, and I can deal with that. Buddy thinks we're
1: doing a show on Kenny Pickett. I... No. I don't want to do a show on Kenny Pickett. You can do that in your free time. I agree on Goff. I thought that he was really great last year. I thought that although he was in a really good situation, he did a good job of avoiding mistakes, which has been an issue for him at times and did have the legitimate ability to make a bunch of throws i think matt stafford you mentioned briefly is a tough one just because brutal situation last year i do really have to worry about his health and now at 35 years old i don't think he's a guy you can put in the top 10 even though off the super bowl season he had probably earned top five status but outside of that Tua, I think, is maybe somebody who a lot of people would focus on, which I do get. I briefly considered him. I think that the accuracy is really good. Obviously, incredibly effective on deep balls this past year with Tyreek, but also with Jalen Waddell. I just think compared to the other guys, like even a Geno Smith, I just think that Tua is the weakest arm talent out of all those guys. He doesn't have even geno's level of mobility creation outside the pocket i think two is good but i think he is a big beneficiary of a great situation so all in all i feel very solid about my 10 and it's gonna be fun to see if some of these guys can have bounce back seasons like russ like maybe stafford can deshaun re himself as a top 10 guy where you have him we shall see It's gonna be a whole lot of fun, but that's gonna do it for us here today, guys. So as always, hope you've enjoyed. If you want more Nerd Sesh content, you can follow us across social media. TikTok is at Nerd Sesh. Instagram is the same. Twitter is at Nerd underscore Sesh. You can join our Discord just to talk football, basketball with us whenever you want. That is at the link tree across our social media bios. You can buy some Nerd Sesh merch, also linked in our link tree. You can get a hat like this one I'm wearing here. We've got hoodies, we've got shirts. We've got these new awesome shirts that have a bunch of our nicknames on the back. If you watch our TikToks and are familiar with how we like to start our videos, what do we have on there? Logandre 3000, Carcinogen, Carcenio, Hall, I believe is on there, Log. So a bunch of the fan favorites there. I think that's my favorite piece of our merch. Check that out. And as always, if you've enjoyed... You can subscribe to the volume youtube channel to see all of our shows with video or you can just listen to the audio across podcasting platforms but with that as always i've been carson Breber. i have been logan camden and this was nerd sesh